I wanted to look at um, some of the things today that are said about the purpose of Jesus coming. Right? We're in this holiday season, and it's all about the baby. What are the things that we're told of him? Rick did an amazing job last week talking about the angel Gabriel's announcement to Zacharias about the birth of his son, the birth, the son that he would have in his old age who would become John the Baptist. And it was so cool that the last time, you know, Rick, Rick showed us that the last time you saw Gabriel, the last time you heard from him in the Old Testament was Daniel chapter 9. And then here he he comes announcing the one who's preparing the way of the Lord. And in Daniel chapter 9, this is one we're not turning to today, but Gabriel explains several major events to Daniel. He says there's going to be the return of the exiles. They had been taken out of Israel. First, the northern tribes taken by Assyria. Then the southern tribes taken by Babylon. They're finally exiled. After all their sin, they're finally exiled. And Gabriel says, listen, they're coming back. The return of the exiles, the rebuilding of Jerusalem and the temple, he describes to Daniel in Daniel chapter 9. And he says, the arrival of Messiah comes. And he says, and the consummation, the end of the desolator to Daniel. Uh, Joe Foch, who I listen to often, uh, refers to Gabriel as the angel responsible for birth announcements. He seems to always show up when there's a birth announcement. And here in Daniel, he's announcing the birth of Messiah, Prince, who's coming. I cannot encourage you enough to do or at least listen to an exhaustive study of Daniel. It is an amazing, amazing book that God has for us. Not what we're here to do today, but I can't encourage you enough to get in there. So then Gabriel shows up to announce John to Zacharias. And all four writers, all four gospel writers cite Isaiah 43, connecting John's voice and his ministry of preparing people for the coming of the Lord with the voice spoken of by the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 40, verse 3 says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. You see that in Matthew 3, verse uh, 3, Mark 1, verse 3, Luke 3, verse 4, and John 1, 23. It's... If you go back and you read all the different accounts, it's amazing how they emphasize and look at different things, how they draw out different things about the birth of Jesus and about John. And I just, I want to read uh, John um, up until uh, where it talks, where it, where it references uh, him being uh, what Isaiah prophesied. And I want to read the whole that whole beginning, the first 23 verses of John chapter 1, because we see all these things about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, 
and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. This was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. You want light? Now you know where to find it. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, has declared him. Now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? We'll pause there for a second. In all the other Gospels, it just says, John was the fulfillment of Isaiah 43. Basically, it quotes Isaiah 43 and says John was the fulfillment. Uh, but here, John, the this is how it went down. This is how we all know what occurred here. So the Jews send priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? To ask John the Baptist, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. They didn't ask him, are you the Messiah? They just said, who are you? He said, first of all, let's get this straight. I am not the Messiah. <laughs> You're not asking me that, but I'm telling you, I'm not. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? Because Elijah had to come. And he said, I am not. And they said, are you the prophet? Because Moses talked about how God would raise up a prophet after him, and you had to listen to this prophet. And that is the Messiah. That is Jesus. And he answered, no. Then he said to him, then they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? We got a job here, John. And if you don't tell us and we go back empty-handed, we're a little concerned about what might happen to us. Who are you? What do you say about yourself? He said, verse 23, John the Baptist said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Gabriel announced the next man, Jesus. And we are all blessed incredibly by that announcement. There's a prophecy in Isaiah 7, and let's go ahead and turn there. That's all over the place when it comes uh, to, that's all over the place today when it comes to the birth of Christ. Just for fun, I googled, you know, images of this verse. 
and they were all Christmas cards and, you know, you know the, the star and the manger and just page after page after page after no end. I wonder how many there are, how many Pinterest pages there are. Verse 14 says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. How many of you had that on a Christmas card you either gave or received this year? All over the place. Let's read here in Isaiah 7 what happens. Now it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah. So this is probably around, Ahaz starts reigning around 733 uh, B.C. Came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that Rezin king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to make war against it, but could not prevail against it. And it was told to the house of David, saying, Syria's forces are deployed in Ephraim. So his heart and the heart of his people were moved as the trees of the woods are moved with the wind. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go and meet, go now and meet Ahaz, you and Sher Jasub, your son, at the end of the aqueduct from the upper pool on the highway to the fuller's field, and say to him, Take heed and be quiet. Do not fear or be faint hearted for these two stubs of smoking firebrands, for the fierce anger of Rezin in Syria and the son of Ramalia, because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Ramalia have plotted evil against you, saying, Let us go up against Judah and trouble it, and let us make a gap in its wall for ourselves, and set a king over them, the son of Tebel. Thus says the Lord God, It shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is Rezin. Within sixty-five years Ephraim will be broken, so that it will not be a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Ramalia's son, If you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Isaiah says, Hear now, O house of David, it is a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Curds and honey he shall eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that you dread will be forsaken by both her kings. The Lord will bring the king of Assyria upon you and your people and your father's house, days that have not come since the day that Ephraim departed from Judah. So the northern kingdom, Israel, has allied itself with Syria to come against Judah, and Ahaz and the people are rattled. Verse 3 says, His heart and the heart of his people were moved 
as the trees of the woods are moved with the wind. You ever feel that way? Your heart out of control? Moved and unable to be stilled because of what's going on around you or inside you? When I got my tooth pulled on Friday, first they take your blood pressure, right, beforehand. Apparently, you're not, you're not supposed to cross your legs when they take your blood pressure. I don't know why. So Alicia probably knows why. She does. Ask her later. Um, so she takes my blood, and my blood pressure is usually like 120 over 70, you know, something like it's a good sounding number. And, and she says it's uh, 139 over 84. And I'm like, you know. So then they get in there and they pull my tooth, and I won't describe all that because that'll make some of you sick. Um, and they take your blood pressure again afterwards. And now it's like 120 over 70. And I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, but I, I know, because the whole time I'm sitting in the dentist chair, I'm anticipating how much it's going to hurt and hoping not very much. And it didn't hurt until about 7 o'clock on Friday night when I thought I was going to die. And then by about, like, a moment came around 10 that I went, oh, stopped hurting for a second. Thank you, God. Oh, but that, the, the anticipation of what is going to happen moves us. Trees can't help but be shaken by the wind. The wind's blowing in the forest, and they're going to go with it. We get to stand on the word of God. Maybe our blood pressure will be a little elevated but we still get to stand firm before God and not be defeated. So God sends Isaiah to Ahaz, and God's going to be defeated. And he says to Ahaz, if you will not believe, surely you will not be established. What else do we see on Christmas cards? Believe. Believe, right? Does God does God have that to spark belief in us? Has Satan co-opted it to dumb us down to believe in something else? Is it just our need to believe? I'd say yes, yes, and yes. Believe. How often does God tell us something that we fail to become established? God gives us truth, and we fail to become established in it because we don't really believe it. We grasp it, but only intellectually. We see others walk in it, but we stall. Don't give up. Go back to believing. Ask yourself, what would I do differently if this is true? Not Santa. If what God is telling me is true, what would I do differently? How would that change how I speak to others? How would that change how I act? How would that change my choices, what I allow and don't allow in my life? If you will not believe, surely you will not be established. Now, God has established us in Christ, but in this walk that we continue to have, On earth, he wants to establish us more and more 
in his truth. He wants to establish us, to ground us, and root us in his truths. He tells Ahaz to ask for a sign of their deliverance. Anything you want, whether it's in the heights or the depths, ask me. He's apparently thinking it was inappropriate, won't name one. Isaiah gets a little aggravated with him. He says, you're wearing me out. Will you weary God also? So God impresses Ahaz, impresses Isaiah to give Ahaz a sign of God's own choosing. God says, hey, I've got a sign for you. I love this sign. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. God says, you want a sign of deliverance? I'll give you a sign of deliverance. The one that's been on my heart from the beginning. Now we know that God is talking about at least two things here. A child that will be born during the time of these kings that are coming against them. And what does he want them to know about that time? I am with you. A child will be born to a virgin. You will call him Emmanuel because I am with you. But we also know In addition to that, that he's speaking of a time in the future, the same one Gabriel talks to Daniel about when Messiah the Prince will come, when he will be with us in a different way than ever before. Well, how do we know that, Bill? It sounds like Jesus, but obviously it's about someone else. Well, let's fast forward 700 years and about an inch in your Bible. To Matthew chapter 1. I want to make a sound like fast forwarding sound, but I can't think of one. Matthew chapter 1. Starting in verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. doesn't say it's Gabriel. I don't know, maybe because he already announced it to Mary and he sent someone else the under angel of birth announcements, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. 
So the critics like to say Isaiah 7 is not about Jesus. But I like to say God can do two things at once and simultaneously and throughout history and above time and outside of time. And yes, he's talking about a child for deliverance at that time as a sign for deliverance at that time, deliverance that he will provide in his son. Uh, Nave's Topical Bible lists 27 prophecies of Christ from the Old Testament. It is nowhere near exhaustive. It doesn't have Isaiah 7 in it. It's got all these other references. I don't, hey, Nave's is a great, you know, a great place to go and look and learn more and to study the Bible. I'm not putting it down. I'm saying Jesus is everywhere. He's everywhere. How many times have we come across Jesus in the Psalms, right? We've been studying the Psalms for like the past six months, and we're about, how many times have we seen Jesus? Would you have expected to find Jesus over and over and over again in the Psalms? I didn't, and he is. He's all over the place, and I just, I think it's so amazing that Ahaz says, I won't ask for a sign. And God says, well, let me give you my faith. Let me give you the one that has been on my heart from the beginning. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I want to spend the rest of our time together this morning focusing on the things said about Jesus in the New Testament right around the time of his birth. Stay here in Matthew 1.21. It says, you shall call his name Jesus. Jehovah is salvation for he shall save his people from their sins. The first function of Jesus mentioned in the New Testament is save. Saving from sin. Matthew 2, verse 6, we find that Jesus is to be a ruler and a shepherd. Saving ruling, shepherding. Luke has the most print dedicated to the circumstances of the birth of Jesus, spends the rest of chapter 1 and most of chapter 2 writing about these things. So if you want to turn over to Luke chapter 1. Rick talked about Gabriel visiting Zacharias last week, so we'll pick it up in verse 26 of Luke 1. All right, Luke one twenty six. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to, him, to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great 
and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, Wait a second. Yeah, I want to read this too. Uh, it's, it's always fun when you get confused about what you're doing up here. We're going to verse 45. If we go past that, you can yell at me. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. But with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. This is John the Baptist as a uh, fetus. Uh, (laughs) So appropriate for Christmas. Uh, The babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So we see more things here about Jesus. Verse 32, he came to be great. Jesus came to be great. Is he great in your eyes? Is he great in your heart? To be called the son of the highest you recognize him for who he is. To be given the throne of David and all the prophecies that go into that. Read, learn, see what God has been doing through the ages. To reign over the house of Jacob, verse 33, and have a kingdom with no end. And then in verse 45, Elizabeth says, Blessed is she that believed for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Remember what was said to Ahaz 700 years earlier, if you will not believe, surely you will not be established. Blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. What are you not believing in? God's got it in Isaiah about a prophecy in his son. He's got it here for us. Search your heart. Where are you landing and making decisions that you know are not decisions of faith and belief? Where are you allowing your emotion to 
move you to go, when if you would believe God, he would establish you, when if you believe God, there would be a performance of those things that he's told you about. Don't give up on what you're believing. I'm not talking about believing in Santa here. I love Christmas. I got nothing against Santa. Every present that I wrap, which aren't that many, Mary wraps a lot of presents. Every present I wrap, a little stick-on card, right, that goes on there says, to so-and-so from Santa. Because I think it's fun. I like wonder. But we're talking about being established in the things of God, not just in fun tradition and wonder. Verses 59 through 79 tell us more of the story, and I want to read it. Because I think the circumstances and the subsequent outburst from Zechariah are instructive. Luke 1, verse 57, and she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. And so it was on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. His mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. But they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So they made signs to his father what he would have him called. And he asked for a writing tablet. Apparently he had written to Elizabeth about this as well. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote saying, His name is John. So they all marveled. And remember, he hadn't been able to speak since he questioned Gabriel the past nine months. And uh, he, I, I imagine it's like caps, you know. His name is John. So sick of this. So they all marveled immediately. His mouth was open and his tongue loosed. And he spoke, praising God. Then fear came on all who dwelt around them. And these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts saying, what kind of a child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Now his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. So it talks how his tongue was loosed and he spoke praising God. And then it lists what came out of his mouth, what poured out of him there. We're starting in verse 68. And these are the things that all who dwelt around them heard about. And fear came on and they were discussing these things that Zechariah said. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel. For he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives, of our life. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of God with which the day spring from on high has visited us. 
to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. So Zacharias' tongue is loosed after John is born. And fear comes on all who dwelt there, and the sayings are discussed by them. And it says, he came to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. So this was not to be a physical deliverance because they had plenty of physical enemies. This was to be a deliverance wherein we would be free to serve God instead of being enslaved by sin and all the other things that would draw us away from him. Delivered from the hand of our enemies. Go through life with the knowledge that God has delivered you from the hand of your enemies. We get into it with people, right? Sometimes we just imagine that they're our enemy because of the way they said something or something they did. Sometimes they really are our enemy. What if you knew you were delivered from the hand of your enemies? How could you treat your enemies? How could you treat those that Satan would tell you that your enemy? If you knew you were delivered from any ill that could come from them. We hold so much. We walk with so much. And we act in such stupid ways because of it. where holiness and righteousness would be imputed to us by Jesus, not accomplished by us being good enough. Verses 78 and 79, to give light to them that sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our way, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Teeth removed before. Wisdom teeth. So I was like, oh, this is just a bicuspid, only one root, no problem, right? So I thought, this is going to be a cakewalk, but obviously my blood pressure betrayed me. It said, you don't really believe that. <clears throat> we, um, we can appear, you all know this, I'm not telling you anything new. We can appear cool as a cucumber. And inside, we are sitting in darkness. We are sitting in chains, in the shadow of death at times. God says, I want to free you from that. To bring light to your life. Will you turn to him to find it? This is what, this is why the child was brought to do these things for us. I'm not going to talk about Simeon because we got food to eat. I'm, I, well, I am hungry, but that's not why. So let's just go here. I'm, I, I'll tell you what. You go home later and you read uh, how in Luke 2 they make their way to Bethlehem. It says about Jesus there. I'll rattle them off for you. Born in this day in the city of David, a Savior, 
who is Christ the Lord, Savior and Lord. What does the heavenly host proclaim? Glory to God, peace, goodwill to men. What does Simeon say in verses 25 through 35? Your salvation. A light, again, a light, a light, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Verse 34, for the falling and rising of many in Israel, a sign to be spoken against. The announcement of Jesus all along has included him by it. We shouldn't be angered or coward by it. What if someone thinks I'm crazy if I tell them about Jesus? Someone will. He's a sign to be spoken against. It was declared that that's who he was and that's who he will be. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But what happens in their life if the light turns on? Savior. Peace. Goodwill. Righteousness. Holiness. These are just the things on the birth announcement. These are just the things on the birth announcement. And there is so much more for us to grasp about him. I think the Lord allowed Christmas to become what it is over the whole earth that we might stop and consider. If we can give these gifts to one another, what does the one who is all these things that have been proclaimed desire to give? To us. How rich does the one who has made everything want to be toward you? Light, peace, freedom from sin, eternal life. What'd you ask for this Christmas? How does it compare to what Jesus' sins come up? And we're going to stand for one last song. I'm going to switch over to this mic, Tom. While they're getting ready, I'll talk some more. Is this on now? It is. All right. So if you don't know Jesus, if you haven't accepted the gift he's offering you, he'll let you open it today. He won't make you wait till Christmas Day. You can open it today. Take it now. Take what he's offering you now. And then come up and pray with us. We'll help you with the instructions. Batteries are included. Take the gift that Jesus is offering you. If you have accepted his gift and you're struggling, struggling to believe, struggling to obey, He's not stopped being anything he promised to be. Come, let us pray with you. Let us struggle together to find peace and light that he wants to be for us and in us. Jesus wasn't promised to be these things from birth. He was promised to be these things from before the beginning.